Welcome to the Party Wagon Podcast, where we talk about all things TMNT, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Eric, from the YouTube channel, Know You Grow Up. And I'm Brendan from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And this has been a busy week for Ninja Turtles. Like, a lot of stuff has happened. You know, last week, we're like, oh, we didn't think we're going to have anything to talk about in the opening segment. But thank God something came out at the last second. It's like, we didn't have to thank God for anything this week. It was just like, turtles, turtles, turtles. And uh, the biggest thing of all, we'll touch upon some other stuff, but the biggest thing to talk about is Mutant Mayhem. The first official trailer has come out for the movie. So Yeah, so we got the first official trailer. We got action figures we get to talk about later. Like, I feel like going forward, we're not really going to have any shortages on news. I feel like there's going to be stuff kind of coming out constantly now. So that's really exciting. Um, Because I feel like the first of the year typically is just the slowest on news, action figure releases, everything. So now that we're getting into this meteor part of the year, I mean, the closer we get to things, the more excited I get about it. And after seeing this trailer, I went from being like, "Uh, I'll go into it kind of with an open mind to, all right, the trailer looks pretty damn good. Like, I'm pretty excited about this. I mean, it's it's basically following the same formula the Mario movie did where, like, we knew about we knew it was coming for years. Then they, they put up the, the teaser trailer with Bowser attacking the penguins or whatever. And then, like, boom, after that, just more, 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 more. And just like, we're just, we can't stop getting Mario stuff now. So I feel like now that we finally got the official teaser for this movie, it's going to be the same thing. Like, it's probably at the Mario movie, there's going to be a full trailer for this movie, probably. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got it before then, because, I mean, so we're still two months away, I think, from the release of the Mario movie. Oh, no, that's and- less than a month away. That's April 7th. Oh, it's April. I thought it was May for some reason. That's awesome. No, it's April. So it's, it's right around the corner. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty excited about that then. I think we'll get one, hopefully. I mean, maybe it will be about a month then. But, yeah, I'm just very excited to see more because, I mean, we can talk about what we have seen so far. And just starting off with, let's just talk about the turtles themselves. Other than Mikey's head, that's really the only thing that bothers me. Like, they look It doesn't great. look as bad in, in, in motion. In motion, it doesn't look quite as bad, I will say. I agree. And I feel like... Because the thing that just kind of throws me off is it just in a still picture, his eyes just look so far apart. It's like super off-putting again. Just going, it just the Mayor McCheese is just what I'm always going to be thinking in the back of my mind. I'm never going to be able to get that image out of my mind. But yeah, like when I was watching the trailer, I wasn't really thinking about any of that, honestly, except when they actually did call attention to it. When they're like, why do we have to use a piece of fruit that's shaped exactly like my head? Which I wish they would have used a pumpkin because that's a little bit more kind of what I saw it as. But it's kind of cool that they're kind of poking fun at themselves a little bit, bit too. Pretty excited for this because it, it does just look fun. And honestly, like, that's all I can really hope for anything out of Turtles at this point. Because let's be real. We're never going to get the 87 Turtles redone. We're never going to get the 1990 movies Turtles redone. So at this point, you just pretty much have to be open-minded to what's coming. And again, you don't have to love everything. I'm not saying you're going to, but... Is someone that had no expectations for this trailer whatsoever. Like I was excited on the level of I'm a Turtles fan, but I, I, like I said, I just I'm going into this very neutral. And the trailer honestly got me pretty hyped. I mean, we did actually get the '87 show basically redone at one point. It was called Out of the Shadows, and nobody watched it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had it was different too. It had its problems, I know, but um, but yeah, it's uh, I kind of I had very neutral expectations for this. Again, like you said, like. You know, my turtles have come and gone. We've had so many versions of the turtles. I love all the versions of the turtles, even if they're not my turtles. Um, but, you know, with, with each version, it, it's, it's hard to be as excited with each version that comes out. I will say, like, the, I think it was the night before the teaser dropped. They just 
they just put out this onslaught of voice actors and like what roles they'd be playing. And it just started to blow my mind. Like, wait, Mondo Gecko is in this freaking movie. And Ray Filet is in this movie. And Wingnut is in this movie. And an Utram is in this movie. And Angus Frog. And it's like, what the hell is this movie? Like, that's like, that just started to get my interest. Because like, okay, what is this freaking movie now? Yeah, immediately, we didn't have to wait long. Immediately, we got a trailer. And yeah, like the comedy is not really for me. Uh, It's more of this like younger style of comedy. Uh, where you know it's it's funny sometimes like you know the sonic movies had and i still liked those i thought those were fun um but it's not really like you know like gonna make me like burst out laughing or anything but uh it's it's fun and i think that's the important thing is the movie like you said it just looks fun it looks like kids are gonna dig this like real like a lot like t- kids are gonna love this movie and i know a lot of fans say they want like turtles geared more for older audiences but unfortunately i don't think that would really make a lot of money and i think paramount knows that would make a lot of money especially since this is supposed to be like the attempt at getting a new generation of kids into turtles because as good as rise was unfortunately that didn't work out very good like commercially it didn't make a lot of money it didn't get a lot of people into turtles so um this really is like their their effort to get a brand new 2020s generation of kids into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I think it could work I mean I think it could too and directed towards kids I get that but typically I like kids movies again we're talking about Mario ultimately that's a kids (laughs) movie at the end of the day you know what I mean I'm pretty excited for that Turtles it's just different because like that's my franchise you know what I mean so I just it, it just I think about it a little bit differently than I do something like Mario to where like yeah I love the video games but like the Super Mario Brothers what was the original show called Oh, the Super Show, Super Mario. Yeah, like, I mean, that's like the only Mario show like that I can even remember. Was there ever even an actual cartoon? No, there. When they went into the cartoon in the show, there was no like real cartoon, right? Well, uh, the U.S. one, well, yeah, U.S. one made by Deke, or maybe it was Europe. There was Deke of Europe and Deke of America, and I know we all just called it Dick when we were kids, right? But one of them, because one of them did one Sonic cartoon, the other one did the other Sonic cartoon. That's why there was that weird thing where there was two totally yep. different Sonic cartoons at once. I, I don't know which one did the Mario one. I think it was the US one. There was the Super Show, which ran for two seasons, which was based on Mario one and two, and that had like Lou Albano and like the live the live action scenes, like where it was yep. like they'd go into the cartoon. Then when Mario three came out, they rebranded it as the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers three, and they got rid of the live action segments. Then when Mario World they re- came out, they rebranded it as Super Mario World, got rid of Toad, replaced him with Yoshi, and that once that ran out, they just stopped the cartoon. There was like a couple anime movies in Japan back in like the 80s and early 90s, but really that's it. Like there, there was the live action Mario movie, there was the Mario cartoon shows that were all connected by Deke, and then there was a couple anime movies, but like... After the 90s, we didn't get a single Mario piece of media like that ever. So Exactly. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit just more kind of pumped for the Mario movie because we haven't been getting something like we do with the Turtles that have been, I mean, turned out over and over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again to where it's, I mean, it's expected every couple of years you get some new Turtles. Getting back to them, like this being directed towards kids. So a couple of things that I noticed right off the bat, like I can see them being able to adapt this into a regular ongoing series very easily because even though like the cast is very star studded, it's all like the side characters and stuff like that. But the turtles actors, I mean, I'm pretty sure these are pretty much unknowns going into it. So that would make sense why they would go that direction because if they do spin it off into an ongoing series, 
it's going to cost them a lot less than paying the actors <laughs> that they have. I mean, for like the 2012 show, I mean, Leonardo was Jason Biggs. He was um, Seth Green. He was one other person too, you know what I mean? I'm sure they commanded a little bit more money than what they're probably paying these actual kids by the sound of their voices. I mean, especially Donnie. There's no way we can avoid that. Is <laughs> Donnie... He sounds like he's like 10. I think that might end up working really well for Don. Cause I think he might just have like, cause you know, the other turtles like Raph is always the, the badass one. So like people, kids who like badass characters are going to like Raph. People like fun characters are going to like Mike. Don might be the one that everyone who loves cute characters might go crazy for Don. Cause he's like, he sounds like he's 10 years old. <laughs> so I already have my theory with Don too. And again, this is just a shot in the dark. I wonder if they're going to play like a puberty thing with him where his voice starts changing during the oh. movie. And maybe he'll start like squeaking and stuff like that. And then maybe by the end, he has like a super deep voice or something. You know what I mean? Because clearly, I mean, Seth Rogen said he wanted to play into the teenage aspect. But I mean, I would consider them, I mean, by the sounds of their voices to be like, 13 you know yeah. what i mean like they're definitely like when i think teenage mutant ninja turtles i think 16 i don't know why that's just the age that i just think of them as as teenagers like kind of old enough to be like annoying and stuff like that but not so fresh to where exactly i mean they're literally like just crossing over to puberty by the sounds of it so i usually think of them yeah around like 16 or 17 around that age we're like you're kind of rebellious. You're kind of obnoxious. You have like frat boy humor. You're like, you know, like the, I, I picture that kind of like angsty age. We're like 13. I don't think of it as being angsty. Like you're just, you're just playful at 13. So, uh, but they, they do seem pretty playful in the trailers. So well, yeah, I, I mean, because even from the start, like I feel like again, that's what they're like. They, they feel like kids, you know what I mean? And again, there's nothing wrong with that either because intro sequence is pretty fun. And, like I said, I'm just interested to see where they go with it. Like how they bring in all these other side characters and stuff like that. Cause we didn't really get much from this teaser. Like, I mean, it was more than a regular teaser trailer, but not quite a regular trailer. I feel like, cause we got brief glimpses of bebop and Rocksteady. We get April towards the end, but that's about it. I guess there was a shot of splinter, but he doesn't even yeah. talk or anything. And that's really all we were shown. The shot of splinter real quick, not to get too off topic. The shot of splinters want to touch on that for a second. I, I theorize it's a flashback because he looks nothing like the action figure we saw. He doesn't have the sunglasses and stuff. Of course, the action figure, he was wearing blue and, and stuff. Like he was, he was, he was just dressed like he was on like a Disney cruise in like the, the action figure. In this one, he had like an Afro or like a perm or something when you see him. So I'm guessing it's a flashback. Maybe he got mutated really young because, you know, if he's supposed to be like in his sixties or seventies now, that probably means he was in his prime in like the seventies or eighties. So there, it's probably a flashback to like when he was in his prime or something. So that's what I was thinking there. Cause he looks so different from the, I didn't notice if the toy had that like Jerry curl. Like he no, so that's the, exactly what I was going to say. That's why I think you're right about parking in the eighties, because that's exactly how I saw that is like some dude with a Jerry curl wearing like the Michael Jackson thriller jacket. Yeah. Like that's just exactly what I saw when I saw that splinter. Yeah. It's exactly what it looked like. So I remember like in the, the wedding singer, like his, like Adam Sandler's buddy, he's like, he's wearing like the Michael Jackson jacket and he's got like, the same hair and stuff. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's exactly what it came to mind when I <laughs> thought of that. That's uh, 
Yeah, it's just so you had a theory that I actually I do think it it holds a lot of weight of this like mutant high school idea that like it's like it's almost going to be like an underground high school for mutants or something happens in the movie like a mutant pandemic and mutants become accepted in society but they have their own school or something something like that it, I just don't see how else you're going to throw in all these mutant characters. But the only thing that throws a wrench in that idea where I do think that's probably what's going to happen is like, well, why the hell would they get Paul Rudd to play Mondo Gecko that if the turtles are like sound to 13 and Mondo Gecko is voiced by a 57 year old man or whatever the hell he is. He's not that old. I don't think, but like, you know, he's being voiced by Paul Rudd. It's like, well, that, you'd assume Mondo would be like Mike's age, but with voice actors, they can kind of play anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it'd be easy, especially to do a teenage voice, but that's again, what I'm just the most interested about is how they're going to incorporate all these other characters. Because now I'm kind of abandoning my idea a little bit or my theory, because the one thing that's just kind of like making my mind go in different directions is when they bust through that door and then that group of gang members or whatever, like they've clearly never seen the turtles before. You know what I mean? Which also probably means they haven't seen a lot of mutants. So I'm wondering if something is going to happen to where everybody is going to get mutated, like now kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe where the turtles yeah. have been around for a while, but like all these other mutants are going to originally come into play now. Yeah, because when April's talking to them at the end, they, they clearly say they were baby turtles that came in contact with the ooze. So they've definitely been turtles for a while. But Bebop and Rocksteady, I, I don't know, maybe they're like in the sewers or something, but I feel like in the shot, they're just standing in like the middle of the streets when we see them. They're like bopping like to some music, and they're just like standing out in the streets. Like they're just, you know, part of the town. Like they're not hiding at all. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess they wouldn't. They're villains. They don't care, but... Even when I think even when the turtles are talking to April, I think they're just doing it on the streets. It's not like in their lair like it traditionally was, like the the meeting of April O'Neil. So it, it seems like the mutants are going to spend a lot more time just like out in the open on the streets in this movie and not so much in hiding. I mean, if there's that many mutants, it's going to be hard, hard to hide them. So like, and again, that's why going back to like when you said earlier, like the mutant pandemic thing, I think that's kind of what's going to happen because. Like, I mean, where are Bebop and Rocksteady going to hide? You know what I mean? Those guys are enormous. Like, if they've been around the city, people have probably seen them. Like, they don't practice the art of ninjutsu. They're not hiding in the shadows like the turtles. I mean, clearly they didn't do a good job. April, a news reporter finds them eventually. Also, like, talking about April for a little bit, based on that design, I it's kind of hard to park her where she is age-wise, too. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, yeah. she could be a reporter for a school paper. She could be, like, an actual early 20s reporter so it'll be interesting to see kind of like where she is in the age bracket as well if she is going to be the actual age of the turtles because i feel like that's more so what they've done with april lately it's been a long time since she's been an adult like i feel like gradually over time she's gotten like younger and younger like in the idw comics she's like college age in the 2012 show she was a straight up teenager I haven't seen Rise, but I'm assuming she's like younger in that she's by the an, looks of it too. She's an even younger teen, I think, in there than she was in the the 2012 cartoon because the turtles were all a little younger in that show than they were in previous versions. 
and uh she was supposed to be their age that means she's even younger than she was in the the 2012 cartoon so yeah she just keeps going down in age so yeah so i could see her being a teenager and maybe she's like reporting for like a school paper or something like that just talking about april in general so it's the one thing like yeah, i don't want to like stir the pot or anything like there's that, a but... lot of buzz about this topic online oh right my now. god man and i just <laughs> i don't know why like again like who was I listening to the toy anxiety pod? No, I can't even remember what podcast, what show I was listening to, but someone's just like, yeah, a bunch of people are mad because I can't jack off to her anymore. And I mean, honestly, like that's exactly right. Like I love my April. I love the 87 April, but like, I don't mind them going totally different directions. You know what I mean? Cause again, this isn't my turtles. Like I understand it's turtles, but I, like I said, I don't really have skin in the game. If something if they want to take some shots, like, let them. You know what I mean? Like, it could work out. You never know what's going to happen. I'm not losing sleep over it or anything, but I think I'll, I'll disagree a little bit because I just don't like that design. <laughs> um, it's not that, like, I hate that they changed her design. I liked her Rise design. I thought in Rise she was really, really fun. She just looks like someone that would that someone who would be working at a mall who would who would annoy me or something. <laughs> like, like she looks like some teenage worker at a, at a mall who would give you an attitude or something. Like, I don't know. She's just... To me, it's kind of, I said this about the 2012 cartoon also, that like, I don't mind changing characters until you cross that line where there's no resemblance to the character whatsoever. Like they did with Mona Lisa and Toka and Razar and stuff where it's like, it's just a name at that point. I, I appreciate trying to do a new design for her, but I, ju I just feel like she doesn't stand out as a main character. She kind of just looks like an NPC you would see in the background. Uh, and I kind of had that problem with the 2003 April design, to be honest, in that show, is that she didn't look like a main character. She looked like a background character. Like, she didn't really have enough, like, iconic features or color schemes or anything that, like, really pop. Like, you see the colors of 87 April, and you instantly know, okay, that's April O'Neil. Yep. You see the, the, the 2003 one, and it's like, okay, here's, like, a background character from the real adventures of Johnny quest dressed like Kim possible. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I don't know. She just doesn't stand out as like a main character. That's kind of how I feel about the new one. I just, I'm not digging the design that much. Uh, there's a few designs I'm not digging, still not digging Rocksteady. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not like, you know, starting world war three over April's design. It's a touchy subject. So I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to go too deep on it. Cause there's people on both sides, just flinging freaking, fireballs at each other over this but uh i'll just say i don't it, it's not the end of the world but it's not my favorite design but again this isn't my ninja turtles so exactly and she's already a news reporter you know what i mean so there is going to be some sort of like spiritual connection to april because i mean like like, like let's take the 2012 show april for instance like other than having red hair, like she was nothing like April. You know what I mean? Yeah. She wasn't a lab assistant. Well, she wasn't a news reporter. Like she was just a regular teenager. She, her dad was. He was a scientist. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Kirby. And then that was it. He turns into monkey brains, right? No, no. He, he turns into the Kirby bat. His name was Kirby. And he Kirby, turned, Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Monkey brains. What, what was his name? I forget his name. The He was a different character, but okay. yeah. Uh, she was yeah i guess they kind of did the same thing in the michael bay movies which is actually that's the last time she was an adult was the michael bay movies what they did in there is not so much that she's a, they're trying to get the lab assistant thing from the original comics but they're also trying to keep her a kid so their excuse for how she's a lab assistant is like oh well her dad's a scientist and she helped him in the lab growing up that's what they did for the 2012 yeah. cartoon that's what they did for the michael bay movies 
and they still did like her and Donnie would do a lot of like science together in uh, the 2012 cartoon. And that's even like what made Donnie start to like her is like, they were both kind of oh, yeah. like nerds. So they, they kind of wanted to go the original route. They didn't do the reporter thing at all. Uh, Michael Bay one's the only one they did all of them. They're like, she's a reporter. She's a slab assistant. She's right. this, she's that. She was everything. Ultimate amalgamation. Yeah. Oh, she even named the turtles. And they just went really far. 2012. I could see what they were trying to do. Uh, with with that character but yeah that was at that time that was the most different april o'neill had ever been but anyway uh getting back to the movie uh we didn't really see many other characters but we got hints at how a lot of those characters are going to look because they released those title cards for like all the characters where it writes their name and we can see like mondo gecko is probably going to be blue with like white spots all over his body uh, weirdly enough, I noticed there's like beads all over him. There's nothing skater related. There's just like beads. I'm wondering if he's going to be a hippie in the movie and uh, not a skater. Like, because, you know, there was rock and roll Mondo in the vintage line that was like a hippie yep. Mondo Gecko. But I want like skater Mondo Gecko. Like that's the Mondo Gecko. But, uh, you know, Seth Rogen, he, he loves his pothead characters. And that's exactly where my <laughs> mind went as soon as you started talking about that. Like, that's exactly I could see him being the burnout. Yeah, like obviously it's a kid's movie. They're not going to come right out and say it, but he's going to be the burnout character. Like the van and cars, the, the Volkswagen van was like basically a stoner and stuff. Like he's going to be that kind of joke, I think. And again, for kids, it's pretty easy to mask that because until the one episode of The Simpsons where Otto's like, whoa, what am I smoking? Oh yeah, pot. <laughs> like other than that, I never really understood auto shtick as a kid before I really understood weed. You know what I mean? So I feel like that is one of the easiest things to hide from kids, really. Yeah, you just be like, oh, they're just dumb and funny. Like you can kind of just, especially if they're like, a, like you know, into like metal music or something. You know, with like like Bill and Ted or Beavis and Butthead, you can just be like, oh, you know, like they just rotted their brain cells listening to this, right. this music or something. <laughs> so it's like. Uh, it was the stereotype back then that they were, you know, metalheads were all dumb. But really, when you watch those things, it's like, no, these guys aren't dumb. They're just high. Like, they're clearly just right. high. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's weird. So we're getting Wingnut without Screwloose? Or maybe Screwloose just isn't announced? But they, they did that in Shredder's Revenge also, which actually, I guess, before we go on any further... Apologies, we're actually not going to be talking about Shredder's Revenge this week. Oh, yeah, week. I guess we never even said that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to be pushing that uh, to next uh, podcast because we just had so much to say about the movie, and we're going to talk about NECA later because there's a lot to say about NECA. So uh, we're going to push Shredder's Revenge uh, down a cast, but don't worry, we will talk about it. So there's still a lot to say about that. But yeah, they did that with Wingnut in there too. There was no screw loose. And I just find that weird that we keep getting Wingnut without screw loose now because they're like a, a duo. They're like Bill and Ted. You know, they're a duo. So, and that doesn't bother me as much as before when we thought there was going to be a possibility of like Bebop with no rock steady. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because again, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I didn't even think about in Shredder's Revenge that it was just Wingnut, honestly. Like, I never oh, yeah. really thought that screw loose wasn't there. Yeah, but you're right. It is just Wingnut. And it's probably because, I mean, Wingnut is just such a cool character in general, you know what I mean? To where, like, maybe they're like, all right, we don't need this little mosquito douche to be with him. But it's probably going to be other characters in this movie as well. Because, and I honestly think they're still holding something back. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just find it weird that there's no Shredder or Casey, you know what I mean? And Shredder, I can kind of understand, but 
no Casey just seems very weird. Like, I, I has there ever been an iteration that doesn't have a Casey? Movies, no. All the movie series have always had Casey. Movies, uh, and even all the, car- all the cartoon shows had Casey. I uh, was he in the Next Mutation? Maybe Next Mutation. <laughs> okay, yep. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know enough about that one. He might. I've only be. seen like one or two episodes of Next Mutation. I am not well versed on Next Mutation. Yeah, all the comics he's been in them. I, I, I don't know. He's like. When you get past like the A-list Turtles characters, like you know the four Turtles, April, Bebop and Rocksteady, Shredder, Splinter, and Krang, like he's the next guy. Arguably, he comes before Krang for a lot of people, uh, the, especially since like in, in more iterations he's important than you know iterations that Krang even exists in. So, yeah, I'd really say like he's he's arguably an A-list Turtles character. Oh, I mean, I would definitely call him A-list. I and mean, again, I'm very biased because he's one of my yeah. favorite characters. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely put him ahead of Krang because Krang doesn't show up in a lot of things. And when he does, like, they've kind of gone back the Utram route, which is happening in this, which is cool. You know what I mean? Like, and I also, and again, if it just because it's a female voice actor doesn't mean it can't be like a male character. You know what I mean? I guess I don't know yeah. if that's frowned upon in Hollywood now that you're allowed to do the opposite sex anymore. But yeah, um, well, I mean, Leatherhead, Wingnut, and the Utrom are all being voiced by women. Okay, yep, you're right then. So, yeah, so... I, I don't know the voice actress uh, doing Leatherhead. Uh, I'll tell you what, she's a looker. If you look her up, she's a good-looking good yeah. girl. <laughs> uh, so is the one doing Wingnut. But uh, the Wingnut one, I know, she she's in that show, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, but... she's hilarious in that, too. So <laughs> She was also uh, the voice... Do you, do you, have you played Cuphead? No. Okay, Netflix has a Cuphead show, and there's like a giant mermaid monster character named Kala Maria, and she's the voice of the mermaid. So she can sing, too, because she's doing like this over-the-top Russian accent, but she sings in the show, and she's actually good at singing, so. Yeah, and so I bet that's what they're going to lean into. I bet Wingnut is probably going to be like a vampire bat, you know what I mean? And I bet she's going to play it that way. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. They took a vampire actress to voice a vampire, a vampire bat. Because I think he always was meant to be a vampire bat because he has that like the ugly nose that they have. Yep. And I, I always just thought the reason he was paired up with Screwloose is because they're both blood sucking blood suckers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, See, so that makes sense. They're probably going to go really hard on the vampire thing with with her. Yeah. Well, all we really saw from from her logo was just like bat wings with metal on them. So it's like that's what Wingnut always was. So I found Leatherhead's weird. Leatherhead's is like we see green scales teeth. And then just stink fumes. It's like, I guess I never thought about it before. Like, yeah, I guess Leatherhead would smell like crap because he lives in a swamp. So like, I never really thought about that before. That would be like one of his most iconic features. I'm like, yeah, I guess he would smell horrible. I never thought about that. Like I said, I I feel like this is really going to play into the goofy aspect. You know what I mean? So again, I could see Wingnut being that over the top vampire character. I can see Leatherhead being the over the top, like Bayou character. You know what I mean? So if they're playing very cartoony sounding voices i mean i could easily see women doing men's voices and stuff like that and again a lot of times you don't even know it because i mean bart simpson's voiced by a woman bobby hill voiced by a woman you know what i mean so if they're teenagers too again if the mutants are teenagers i could definitely see that being the case as well Um, you know the uh the weirdest one like that not to, to jump back into mario but you know the new super mario brothers games where they brought the kooplings back as the bosses yeah you know Morton Cooper Jr. He's like the really big one with like the the brown skin and he has like the the silver head and yep. all. He's like that was a woman doing his voice. Really? Yeah, I guess they distorted it or something, but it's like the same voice actress who did Larry or something. Most of them are done by by women. I think 
I think Roy and Ludwig, maybe Iggy, are like the only ones done by men. But hmm, never would have guessed that. Yeah. So I mean, again, that happens more often than not. So maybe women are better voice actors than men are. Maybe they have <laughs> much better range or something than that. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's. I mean, I, I, it definitely does. I could definitely see. Uh, again, I don't think for sure the high school thing is happening, but I could see that happening just with like the fact that they are like, we, we're going to have a, a wide selection of just fun mutants who have like a silly gimmick each. And like, those could easily just be like students in a, a teen film. Like, you know, Seth Rogen said he, he, he loves the teenage aspect. He really wants to push that. And uh, he, he's brought up super bad uh, in interviews about this movie. And um the first thing we saw was that notebook page that looked like he was like Leonardo boarding class, like doodling. Right. So I, I do think the high school thing is still an option. Um, I definitely think the Utram character is going to be connected somehow to all this. I think either Baxter Stockman or the Utram is going to be the villain. And one of them is going to turn out to be good fighting. The other one, I think is probably what's going to happen. Like they could both seem like villains, and then in the end, we'll find out one's a villain and one's not. I would guess that Baxter's the villain and the Utrom isn't. Because uh, the Utroms have been good or neutral before, whereas like Baxter's always an asshole. So I, I could see Baxter being the villain and not the Utrom. And that would make the most sense to me because it seems like he could be kind of the person that sparks all of this. You know what I mean? Because again, he's a scientist. Maybe he invents the ooze or something like that and that's how it all gets started i was thinking actually not to cut you off but i was no, thinking right. uh he comes and he, he gets a hold of the ooze which is probably originally in possession of the utram and she loses it or something okay and he makes all these mutants and then she's going back backtracking trying to, to find where he is so she can get it back almost like the space dudes from like dudes where dude where's my car right something. Like, like something like that where like one of them gets a hold of it and you know the other one's trying to like undo the the mess they made with their mistakes so the other interesting thing about baxter is it looks like baxter and superfly are straight up different characters as well so we're probably not going to see a fly baxter then if we have this other fly character yeah cuz baxter i mean again his logo doesn't show anything fly related it just shows tech and i think it has like green plaid like it's probably going to be like the shirt he wears or something but Superfly, you look at Superfly's logo and it's like, okay, that's Baxter Stockman. Like, it's like a purple fly with wings. Right. He has the big, like, reddish eyes and all. It's like, all right, that's that's Fly Baxter. That's exactly what he looked like. So, yeah, and he's voiced by Ice Iced Cube. And then yeah. uh, then you have Baxter. He's being voiced by, what, what's the actor's name? He was Moff Gideon in uh, The Mandalorian. Moff Gideon, and he was in Breaking Bad, too. I can't think of yeah. what his name is. He looks like Duke Ellington, but uh, that that guy, he's a good actor. Uh, he's going to be playing. So I can't imagine they would get rid of an actor that good and replace him with Ice Cube. Not saying Ice Cube's a bad actor, but replace him with Ice Cube halfway through a movie. So I think they are going to be separate characters. It might even be like Baxter's first mutant he makes is the fly, kind of like as like a poetic way of doing uh, showing homage to like fly baxter maybe so maybe he turns this guy into a fly and that's his first mutant and then he starts mutating everybody but these, this is all speculation i don't know anything about the movie so. right and yeah i could definitely see that being the case because now that we're talking more about the actor and i definitely should have looked up his name before we did this yeah he always plays villains it seems like you know what i mean so i would be shocked now that we're talking about this if he wasn't the main antagonist of the movie like i almost feel like he has to be at this point 
Yeah, especially uh, I, I forget the name uh, of the actress doing the Utram, but she's like a comedy actress. I don't think she would be playing the villain, to be honest. I think like she's going to be more lighthearted, probably. I think back. Yeah, I think Baxter's going to be the main villain, but it's going to be interesting. This is going to be our first time seeing not only Bebop and Rocksteady, but mutated Bebop and Rocksteady not working for Shredder. So like Shredder didn't mutate them this time. They're just mutated and they're not working for Shredder. They're just kind of, I don't know, are they left to their own device devices? Will some of these characters be part of their gang? Maybe like wing nuts in their gang or something. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Or if maybe they are all in high school, maybe Bebop and Rocksteady are just the bullies who pick on the turtles or something. That's just like, I don't know. I, it's very hard to see Bebop and Rocksteady autonomous. You know what I mean? Because they yeah. are like, they're, what's the word I want to use? Lackeys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not smart enough to be left to their <laughs> own devices. Like they, yeah. they have to have somebody bossing them around. I feel like. So again, going back to Baxter, I could see, them working for him so yeah it's just i don't know it's it's really hard to wrap my mind around things like bebop and rocksteady with no shredder i don't know why but it's just so hard for me to compute yeah. that in my brain to be honest i kind of feel like if there was no shredder bossing around bebop and rocksteady probably wouldn't even be that bad they probably just like want to drink slurpees at 7-eleven or something like they'd probably <laughs> just be like jay and silent bob sitting outside a store all day like i don't think they'd really do anything that bad like they might be mean to people, but I don't think they'd be like super villains. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. I think to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. I could be proven wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if they there is no shredder and there is no Casey as like a hard effort to be like, we're doing something different this time. You've seen those characters a million times. And also they have said they want to do villain movies, which they got a lot set up if they want to. If they want to do a wingnut and screw loose movie or a leatherhead movie or whatever. Although most of the ones they're adding, like Ray Flay and Genghis Frog, are all good guys, but they could be villains in the movie. But yeah, that that they, they clearly want to like continue this this as like a new Turtles series, so that like lets you build up to Shredder and make him feel even more badass, I guess, if you do that. Like, you know, first we get Baxter Stockman, then maybe we get Rat King, then you get Shredder or something. So you know what's gonna happen? I'm calling it right now. Shredder is going to be the final tease of the end of the movie, and that's going to set up whatever comes next. I'm calling that right now. That's what's going to happen. That probably will happen. Watch them completely prove us wrong, wrong and like Lord Dreg shows up at the end. Or I mean, dude, let's be real. We're going to be wrong about everything. The closer we get to it. I mean, I, I already feel like my main hypothesis of the high school thing is kind of bunk right now. So yeah. We're going to be wrong about we learn. I feel like the less I'm going to feel like I know, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're going to be wrong about every single thing. Like <laughs> April's 45 Bebop and Rocksteady used to be the Utrom and Baxter, but they were mutated into Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> like, no, I, I think I'm, I'm trying to like think, you know, it's just fun to think like, what are they going to do with this? Cause uh, something about that, something that's appealing about this movie is it, when I saw all those names written, I, I did get the scare that like, don't let this just be a reference movie. Uh, where it's just like, hey, look, there's that character for a millisecond. Here's a reference to this for a millisecond. And you don't care if the movie's good or not. You're just pointing out, oh, I, I recognize that iconography. Where I kind of feel that's how the Mario movie's going with the trailers. The first trailer got me really pumped. Then the second one was like, oh, Smash Brothers and, and Funky Kong and Cranky Kong and, and Mario Kart and Rainbow Road. And like it's like, whoa, 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 let's just do Mario Brothers. Like, let's like stick to the story. <laughs> make that good and then you can start building on it but i really hope they don't blow their load in this first movie 
But it does also, to a certain degree, I don't know if I'm just being biased because I love Turtles and I want to see characters like Mondo Gecko and Ray Filet in a movie. But it almost feels like when you were a kid and you were playing with your toys, you just grab a random handful of mutants and you're like, all right, these guys. And you just set up a situation with them. It's like today, Mike and Leo are teaming up with Ray Filet and Mondo to fight Wingnut and Leatherhead. Like you just grabbed random figures. And that's almost what the movie feels like. It's like they grabbed a random handful of action figures and now they're making a story out of it. So it's kind of nostalgic in that way that like, yeah, that's what playing with Ninja Turtles felt like for me as a kid. So I, I don't know what good analogy, doing man. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly, I mean, I didn't even have a Shredder action figure. You know what I mean? So I had to like play around that. Yeah, that's a pretty good thing. And again, I, that's probably what it is a Seth Rogen's like favorite action figures that he had as a kid. But like, that's another reason I'm glad he's bringing in the Utram. You know what I mean? Because that means at least he's read the comics and he knows a little bit. And I guess you could have watched the old card, like the 2012 series brings them in and stuff like that. Well, they still um, call them, uh, they still call them the Krang in the 2012 cartoon, the 2003 cartoon yeah. did the Utram. And then he, like, he also could have just looked at Wikipedia, but right. <laughs> but no, the I don't IDW, think... they, they play in the, I mean, he's because Krang is Krang, but the Utrams are still Utrams in the IDW comics, oh, but there okay. still is a Krang in the IDW comics. So again, like I, I, I hope it is this, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what I hope for, honestly, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm excited and I just don't know really what else I want to say about it other than I just, I'm, I really like what I saw in the trailer and let's kind of get back to that a little bit. Like, the animation looks amazing. Like oh, that is beautiful. what's really got me hyped. And again, everybody's making the super obvious comparison. Like Spider-Verse is exactly mm -hmm. what it looks like. And honestly, that's a smart way to go because Spider-Verse was a fucking banger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a movie that like, I, again, I had no skin in the game going into that. I'm like, I don't know Miles Morales. You know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> I haven't read a Spider-Man comic since 93. Like, I that's all I've read is old stuff. Like Ben Riley was the new Spider-Man to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I had no expectations going into that. And that was probably one of my favorite movies that I watched that year. Like it was amazing. I'm very excited for the second one. The, the thing that I was kind of worried about is how it is that like slower, choppier style. But this looks like it might have a little bit even higher frame rate than what Spider-Verse did. Because when they're like twirling around their weapons and stuff like that like it looks crisp like that's the part that really got me excited because that's my favorite part about the 2012 show is like it gets goofy it like has fun but like when they get serious like the serious part of that show is awesome you know what i mean like when they get yeah. like anime version they go white-eyed and stuff like that that's dope so even if the fighting is a little bit goofier like I don't know, just you can suck me in with the good shiny nunchuck, nunchuck twirling and the sword flashing <laughs> and stuff like that. So, like, I don't know, like, that's another thing that just kind of has my hopes up for this. Is I feel like the action will probably be pretty good in this movie. Yeah, I get really strong Rise vibes from it because Rise, they had like pretty choppy animation normally. It was really, a really cool, like, very similar art style. They were like exaggerated, loose kind of like art style. But when they did action scenes in Rise, like, holy crap, that they were beautiful. Like, they were some of the best looking action scenes, like, ever in a cartoon. And that, that's what this kind of looks like, just, like, even bigger, like, Hollywood budget. And, yeah, I, I think it looks beautiful. It reminds me, since it's a little smoother, it doesn't have that super low frame rate. It kind of reminds me of, did you see the, the Bad Guys by DreamWorks? Oh, no. Oh, that was, that was pretty fun, that movie. That was a pretty good movie. It kind of, like, slipped under the radar. 
Yeah, uh, but I know do. that underperformed what it was supposed to. I do remember hearing about that when it came out. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie, I think. Uh, the but like the action scenes in that are just a ton of fun. Like the intro, like bank heist scene is just fun as hell. But like, yeah, they're very expressive, like that. There's like almost like glowing eyes with like the little yeah. black pupils that are like just the. It's a style that's definitely starting to take over Hollywood, and I'm totally fine with it because I like it so much better than the traditional semi-realistic CG that they've been doing for a while. I really like this more like, you know, exaggerated, stylized, fast, action-packed, expressive, like cartoony style. So I'm, I I'm, agree, and I think it really hands itself well to like comic book adaptations and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. I, I know we're never going to go back to hand-drawn animation. Like it's just never going to happen. I feel well, like I, it kind of, right. <laughs> I feel like it kind of splits that line for a, a little bit to where it's not, like you said, trying to be like hyper real CGI. Like it looks like it's cartoony CGI. And I don't know. It just really speaks to me. Like, I hope it does catch on. And this movie will be a huge catalyst in that too, because then Spider-Verse was a banger. If there's a, another banger like that, you know that's what every movie coming out for the next five to ten years is going to look like. <laughs> yeah. When does the next Spider-Verse come out? That comes out this year also. Soon, yeah. I know it does because they've already... They're teasing characters for that because freaking Spider-Man 2099 skyrocketed because he might be in it or something like that, I think. So so, so they're kind of going up against each other, probably. I think that might be coming out more around the holidays, maybe. I bet so. it would be because it seems like we'd be getting something on it now, you know what I mean? And it doesn't seem like they would but like i just doesn't seem like they would want to go up against each other honestly like yeah even as confident as sony probably is going into the second one like i don't know man i feel like the turtles you just don't really want to go up against yeah although i'm a little scared for the turtles because because you know into the spider-verse that won an oscar that was like animated movie of the year that got like huge critical response like this sequel is going to get make a lot of money probably so if it comes out like right around like in August, right around the same time as the turtles, like the turtles, the turtles have proven before that when they go up against other big franchises, sometimes they don't do as well as those bigger, those other big franchises. So I'm just hoping that they have enough breathing room if needed. So it, it could surprise me. They could come out the same month. Spider-Man could palm and turtles could do great. I don't know, but uh, I want both of them to do well, basically. And I do too. Um, and again, I, I could see Spider-Man being because, especially after knowing the success of the first one, like late August is not really a popular time to be putting out. Like usually your summer blockbuster is like right on the line of June and July. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's kind of that yeah, downfall. Yeah. And then going into the holiday season is when you kind of start back up with those like powerhouse movies. So like you said, I could kind of see that being a fall movie, but regardless, I, I don't know. I think this movie is going to do very well in theaters. Like, I, I've said this before. I'm not somebody that ever wants to go see movies day one, weekend one, even. And this one, I absolutely will go see the opening weekend for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to also. It's Turtles. Turtles, I'll always right. go see. <laughs> I guess there's more I could say about the movie, but I guess we got to move on. Got to talk about the uh, the toys that they showed for the movie. Real quick, the last thing I want to say about the trailer. I know it was like a rap remix, but Lou Reed, Walk on the Wild Side, that was a risque song to be playing in a Turtles trailer. That kind of surprised me. Lou Reed, really? For the Ninja Turtles? But anyway, yeah, there was a lot of toys showing off recently. Not just like the action figures we saw. We saw like sewer layer playset. We saw the turtle van. We saw like a, a motorcycle. Like it looks real. This is what Playmates should have been doing. They, they 
they didn't hear us, but they listened to us and they are doing basically what I was asking them to do, or at least it looks that way for now. So I agree. We 100%. I mean, I don't know if we owe playmates an apology by any means, but for as much bitching as we've done about modern playmates lately, like they are doing exactly what they should be doing. Just like you said, like figures, vehicles, play sets, like that's what playmates should be doing because that's just the trifecta that built that toy line. Like in the stuff looks good and fun. Like if I was a kid, I would be stoked on this stuff again. You know what I mean? Like it does. And they're very smart to go with the pizza thrower aspect too. You know what I mean? Because that does such a good job of tying the old toys in with the new toys in again, sticking to that 4.5 inch scale, super smart, fit them in with the others. Like I, I feel like that was the 2012 line's biggest downfall. The the figures were just out of the scale, and they just they don't fit in well. Like the 2012 show, they're pretty much in the same scale. The Rise figures were in the same scale, and it's smart they're sticking with that. I think they learned their lesson there. The one thing I noticed by looking at the promo pictures, I'm pretty sure I've seen two different head sculpts for Leo. There's one where he's smiling a little bit more, and then one with that more like slash kind of grin. So. I don't know if there's multiple Leo figures that are going to be coming because it definitely didn't look like there's two head sculpts in the pack. So I don't know maybe if we'll get figures with the vehicles or what. Yeah, we could very well get them with the vehicles. I remember even for out of the shadows, they had like bebop and Rocksteady alts where they had like helmets on. They came with their motorcycles and stuff. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Honestly, they, they could just make alternate ones that have action features or something like the vintage line. Cause there is a giant raft that they showed off. Yep. They're doing giant turtles for these movie turtles. So they're really going all in on like, we're really redoing the style of the old play uh, toy line, but with these uh, modern versions of the characters, even the motorcycle they had has the little like passenger seat. It's like a trash can on the yep. side, it's like the vintage figure. So I'm really very good homage there. That's the one thing that stood out to me too, other than the pizza van, like that just, or the, party wagon that they have like that that just really like i said they're doing a very good job of bringing the old in but making it different enough to where it's like yeah i recognize that but it looks like something new yeah exactly even the turtle van has a giant pizza on top of the turtle van looks awesome i love the way that turtle van yeah, looks it's fun man uh the, the the motorcycle looks like i'm just looking at it i'm like I'll wait, you know, until like, because if I end up hating this movie, I don't want to collect a bunch of toys for a movie that I hate. <laughs> it's like, right. I don't know what around. But even if this movie ends up being like, okay, like I, I liked it, but it's not the greatest thing ever. I'm probably still going to get all these toys because these toys look freaking awesome. And they're probably only going to be like, you know, $14 tops or something. So, I mean, Dude, I, I bet the figures are going to come in. I bet the figures will be $12.99 at like Target. And I bet they'll be like $9.99 at Walmart, like the vintage figures are right now pretty much like and again i understand yeah. those are old molds that they're reusing but playmates has done a pretty good job at keeping their stuff at good price points like the thing that shocks me is the re-release of the party wagon like i cannot believe they sold that for 35 dollars. honestly like i'm very <laughs> yeah. very shocked they kept that at a good price point so i bet the new party wagon probably will be 39.99 maybe 49.99 again it has the action features it can shoot the pizzas and stuff like that but playmates does do a good job of not overpricing their stuff i would say maybe they're those 12 inch or the six inch figures we always rag on those are probably a little bit overpriced but 
like as far as their 4.5 inch scale stuff goes, they've done a really good job. And like you said, I, my biggest fear is that I'm going to go like all in on this play line or all in on this toy line, get all this stuff. And then two years later, like, I'm going to be like, I don't care about any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm afraid it is just kind of the hype. So I'm going to kind of see more how I feel once I see the stuff in stores. But yeah, that's one thing, like you said, I don't want to get like over into this line and then just not really have, because that's one thing I've bought a lot of things and have sold a lot of things because there's things that I like in the moment and I like them for a while, but then after a while, I'm just like, this just doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have this on my shelf? So like, I thought about that as well. Actually, earlier today, I was thinking about that same exact thing. Yeah, I've done not to the level you have, but I've done that too. I remember I had like a, a Figma, uh, uh, Samus for Metroid figure for a while. And I love Metroid, but it's like I had that figure for a while, and I had like this not the the vintage Earthworm Jim figure, uh, but like the uh, it's like one they made in the 2010s, real quick. It was made out of real cheap plastic and stuff, but um. I had those for a while. At some point I just sold them at a convention. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to keep like, these don't have any attachment to me. These aren't like toys I had as a kid. They don't like represent the specific games I love or anything. They're just things I had because, you know, for one year, maybe I got really back into Metroid or something and I just bought some Metroid crap. So yeah, I've, I've been there too. I had these like cheap, like bootleg figures of like Mario characters. Cause there was like a Mario toy line in the 2010, which I, I sold a lot of those too. It was really small. It was like five characters. Um, and then there was like a, a bootleg company making like characters they didn't make. And I bought some of those and they, <laughs> looked like, they looked like shit, but Hey, some guys at a convention at the convention were happy to buy them. So I just sold a bunch of my toys at a convention once. Cause I was like, I have a bunch of crap here. Actually. And I tried, I sold like some old like PlayStation games I didn't want and stuff. So uh yeah they these might end up being that uh you know a, a couple years from now or even a year from now even maybe like two months after the movie's out who knows <laughs> uh so yeah i'm gonna see i'm gonna wait till i see them in stores if i have that like that bug i feel that bug like oh i need to buy these like these look so cool then i'll probably buy the ones i care most about and if i really like those and want more then i'll start collecting it Hi, this is April O'Neil, Channel 6 News, and you're watching the Party Wagon Podcast. <laughs> so cool. All right, so getting into our meat and potatoes for this podcast. So we want to talk about NECA, but specifically we want to talk about the NECA tune line for this. So we could probably fill five hours talking about NECA in general. So we want to try to keep it a little bit more focused and Right now is, I feel like, just a really good time to talk about the tune line because clearly there's a lot going on. Like, a lot of good, a lot of bad. It's holothon season. It's always just a crazy, I mean, there's only been two of them, but yeah, it's just a crazy time of the year. But we'll get into that a little bit later. So basically, I just kind of want to start off, and I'm probably going to repeat things that I've said in other videos that I've made and stuff like that, but the NECA tune line, to me, it's the main line that I collect. Like, I collect a lot of lines, but I'd say that's where my number one focus is. I think it's not just my favorite line. It's, like, the deepest. I think it's the most exciting. And it's a line that just keeps getting better and better as it goes on. Maybe not in the characters that are coming out, because now we're starting to get into the deep cuts and stuff like that. But just in the few years that this line has been going, like, the quality in the figures, I mean, it's just greatly risen. And a lot of lines that I've started collecting, like I've kind of fell out of love a little bit with. And I mean, there's some things that I don't even collect anymore, but 
the NECA two line is not even anywhere near in jeopardy of that. Like it's still the line that I'm the most excited about. Yeah. I, w- I would agree that it's my number one, like collection at the moment, like current collection. Cause you know, like, I, I love the super seven one. And I actually, I have a more complete super seven collection than I do a NECA collection. Um, but NECA has so many more figures and so many more exclusives and stuff. I, it's a great, it, it, there's no, I think even if it's not your thing, even if you didn't grow up with the 87 cartoon, I do think that, as a toy collector, you can't deny like how awesome this is. It's sort of like Motu Classics. If you didn't collect He-Man, you didn't collect Motu Classics, just as a collector, you could look at it and be like, that's awesome. Because you so rarely get these toy lines that just get every deep cut character and just get like, they really do a complete set. Like eventually, I doubt there will be any notable character from the cartoon that we don't have a figure for because it's just going so strong. It's just awesome. Like I said, like even if you weren't collecting it, you got to just look at it and be like, that's awesome, man. Cause you know, people like us have been waiting 30 years for some of these figures, m- longer than 30 years for some of these figures. And we're finally getting them. So it really is like a dream come true line. And like you said, you just look at the, the quality of each year. They just get better and better. I mean, like something like Usagi, that's like the best Usagi Ojimbo figure ever made. In my opinion. I feel like that's probably like one of the most unanimously, awesome figures of last year like i don't know anybody that didn't put that figure like most people had it as their number one figure and i pretty much if it wasn't for extreme bias he would have been my number one figure as well and i'm already very biased towards usagi but i mean the ronin is just a very important character to me even just looking at the first turtles that came out compared to the second turtles that came out like it's night and day different the qual like the first ones you're like yeah those look like the cartoon characters but the second Turtles that came out, you're like, holy shit, those really looked like the cartoon characters. I was even like, you know, I was doing the grueling task of, of yesterday of uh, dusting my toy room. <laughs> That's always a nightmare. Right. I, I got everything done, actually, except for the vintage shelf behind me right here. Uh, that bookshelf. Nice. That's- that's the worst one to do. That's a pain in the ass. But uh, do you actually take everything off when you dust or do you just try to dust around stuff? I, I, I purposely don't dust that often because it's such a grueling task and the way i have them set up they're so tightly together it'd be so hard to dust around that i just take them all off and dust. okay that's what i always do too because i like to dust the shelf as well yeah and yeah like that it does it takes so much longer to do one shelf than you ever think it would (laughs) like it is like you said like it is a nightmare now i've kind of gotten to the point where like i'm resetting by section so then when i reset i'll clean everything then too so that's kind of helped me out a little bit is not doing everything at once, just doing a little bit now, a little bit later and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah my, my NECA, my turtles section is always the hardest to reset far and away because <laughs> now it really, I'm in space danger bad. And I mean, I was thinking about that. Like this is the year where I'm literally going to have to make decisions. I'm not going to be able to display everything I want after we get, I mean, even just the figures from Holothon coming like yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I'm going to have to reset my display again to pack everything in. So yeah, me too. I, I've been worrying about that too. I'm like, I'm looking at my shelves. I'm like, all right, uh, Mona Lisa can go there. Uh, I can squeeze Lotus there. Uh, I can put Dirk up there. But I'm like, oh wait, where the hell's Rex one going to go? Like that guy's freaking right? huge. I'm like, oh, where are Bebop and Rocksteady's gang going to go? Like I'm really running out of space, but yeah. So as I was saying before, I started talking about the dusting though, I was dusting and I'm doing the villain shelf. And I'm looking at the Bebop and Rocksteady's. There were early figures in the line. I'm like, the, I don't want to disrespect them. They were, they were really cool when they came out. But like, these look pretty bad now, actually. And I was looking like, the regular Bebop and Rocksteady's. 
you compare them to the figures we're getting now. Like you can, like I said once in our uh, in another video we did, another podcast that we did. You compare them to Ground Chuck and Dirtbag, and like Ground Chuck and Dirtbag are such better figures. Like the Bebop and Rocksteady ones, like their proportions aren't really accurate to the cartoon and stuff, and like they're they're just kind of a bit more generic action figures. I feel like Rocksteady's face is not as expressive as the faces are now and stuff. And like, it, they're good figures. They were great for the time, but I just think like now they've just, they've gotten so much better that even if you just look at like the, the mighty hog and, and uh, Rhino man, they look so much better than the original Bebop and Rocksteady, but we'll, we'll talk about Holothon later. I, I still don't have any in my possession. But <laughs> Speaking of those figures real quick. Have you seen that? Cause I haven't opened up my, um, Rhino Man and Mighty Hog yet, but they're smaller than the original figures. Did oh, you really? see that? No, they're, like, they're a little bit shorter and squatter, which makes sense because by that point in the show, that's when they were typically getting drawn a little bit smaller. I mean, there's times where later they were about the size of the turtles at times, you know what I mean? So yeah. it would make sense why they're kind of going that direction. And again, it's also cool that we're getting new bucks. You talked about how I mean, we're probably going to get every character in at some point soon. And it's probably going to start with that April. It's already started with the turtles. We're going to start getting, I think we're going to get a new shredder soon. I think we'll get a new bebop and rock steady regular version soon because their new stuff is just night and day different. And I mean, like, I, I don't think the bebop and rock steady look quite as bad as you do, but I feel like if we got a new Bebop and Rocksteady, I would be like, oh, yeah, holy shit, this looks so much better, just like I do with the Turtles. Because, again, before, I didn't think the Turtles looked bad by any means. But now that I have the new Turtles, I'm like, these Turtles look way better. I just think they're a lot better at, like, capturing the personality of the character in the face and yeah. stuff now than they used to be. And, honestly, I didn't notice quite how uh, how not great their Bebop and Rocksteady looked until I got, I forget what company made them. These like these big statues about that big out of a Bebop and Rocksteady that were being sold at a GameStop for a bit. They did the four turtles, Bebop, yep. Rocksteady, Krang, and Treader. And those look amazing. Those look like really, really damn good. And it wasn't until I got those, you know, they, they give, you know, Rocksteady is shorter than Bebop. He has squatter legs and all. He's like a little wider and like, you know, and you just see them in, in the neck line. They look like they're the same height. They have the same length legs. They're the kind of just the same build. And uh, it just really drove home, like, oh, these could look a lot better. Even the coloration, like, the, the gray is really dark on Rocksteady in the cartoon. It's not quite dark enough on the toy and stuff. And I know that's being really geeky and nitpicky, but... Like, <laughs> I mean, like, well, what are we doing here, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I would like him to... Because I do think that's something they do a lot in the tune line, especially early on, where, like, characters were very pale. The colors were a little, like, pale. They, I think they're making them a little deeper now. They're making them a little more, like, saturated and all. Which is yep. good. Their, their paint is just better. That's, and maybe that's kind of what gives... Because those older figures kind of just had that, like... It's more like a... It's not like a glossy paint. It's, like, kind of a little bit flatter, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, just, it feels, like, dry almost, where the new figures feel a little bit more i don't know rubbery like i don't really know how to explain it like it's maybe more of like a silicone based paint that they're using now or something that's exactly how i felt because when i first started collecting this line i actually had more complaints about it than i do now i was like i said that exactly they felt really dry they felt kind of brittle they felt like if you just like scratched them like they would just flake apart yeah. like pieces and now they feel a lot more sturdy. They feel like, like you said, they feel like, I don't want to say moist. That's kind of weird, but they, they, but they you know what like, I mean? Like it just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're a little more like, yeah, like rubbery. There's a little, they have a little more like, you know, 
a little more give to them. They don't just like the, the old ones. You, they, they did snap so easily. I mean, I remember earlier figures taking them out of the package and the things would just break right off of them. So the only one I had that problem with in the past over a year was uh, the rock soldier infantry man. Uh, a part of him snapped off. But aside from that, the figures have been much better recently. And, you know, we got little guys like the neutrinos who are like twigs and, uh, you'd think if any figure was going to break, it would be those guys. But I had no problems with the neutrinos. They look awesome. They pose awesome. They, they move great. It's like like nothing snapped or anything on those guys when I took them out. The neutrinos, I don't know. I feel like they're like one of the... Well, for, first of all, it comes in a three-pack, which is the only thing that did like that. But they are just so unique. You know what I mean? Like their bodies are so teeny. Their heads are so big. I've had yeah. mine on the hoverboards the whole time. I don't even, I'm assuming you have to use the stands to get them to stand up without the hoverboards. But yeah, I mean, those guys, I, I definitely have a little bit of, I think Kala, her black outlines aren't as crisp as they could be. Like you said, they're just so much better at capturing like the expressions of the characters. And again, I know I keep going back to this, but that's how, the turtles look for me now like the the original ones now just kind of look like they're just a little bit more dead in the face like yeah. and, and they all kind of look the same to where the new ones it does like you see like the life in their eyes and i don't know what it is but like that's how i feel more so with the new characters is like you said you just look at them and it seems a little bit more like you're looking at the cartoon and a little bit less like you're looking at a toy of the cartoon yeah, those original turtles, they did look pretty dead in the face. They almost had like, they almost gave, um, you know, the same impression that like the wacky action turtles in the vintage line kind of did where they had the, the pupils and the eyes, but they just kind of had those like, kind of like half-assed expressions um, where the new ones feel more like, I mean, they don't look like the crazy storage shell ones, but the way the storage shell turtles were so expressive, they're kind of like that kind of upgrade. And I, about the cowl, I do have to agree. I was actually just thinking that when I was dusting yesterday. It's like, I still hate this this outline on her hair here. I wish it wasn't there because it's really like blobby on mine. It's Yeah, it's not mine like, is like that too. Her and Zach is the other one where I kind of have like a around his mask oh, yeah. is a little bit crappy there too. And I mean, Oh, let's, Zach let's, the fifth turtle, not Zach the, the neutrino. Zach the turd, man, whatever uh, it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you, you know what I'm talking about. The turd There's one. two Zachs. Yeah. So. Which, yeah, that, that always drove me nuts, too, and I don't know why, but, like, uh, they could have named that kid any other thing, but, like, you said you've snapped a couple figures, and yeah. that's another thing that NECA's really gotten a bad rap about, is bad QC issues, and other than the paint apps, like, I hate saying it out loud, I'm gonna knock on wood right now, I've never broken a joint on a NECA figure before, and, like, every time I say it, it terrorizes me, because it scares me, because I know... I'm jinxing myself and eventually it's going to happen to me, but it's mostly just that off paint issues that I've gotten. And it's always on the head sculpts for whatever reason too. Like all the body paint and stuff is usually good, but it's those dark lines on the head and it's always around the eyes or the hair that always just seem like there's just runs or something that come off the straight line. Yeah. I've, uh, I don't know if I've had any, I had some really bad paint issues on my Android body crane. Like he has like, you turn around in the back, there's like a giant red gash on his like shoulder blades. Oh, damn. It, it looks really bad. But I mean, I don't display his shoulder blades, but I know a lot of people, they had a problem with like Rat King's diaper thingy because it's like a little like pliable. So if you bend it, like the paint just chipped off and it was like pink underneath for some reason. Hmm. 
Uh, I didn't have that problem. I actually, I haven't had a joint break on a NECA figure. Super 7, yeah, I, I have. But you know, I've had two joints break on two different figures. Damn. Not counting the, the the tripod breaking for Krang. So I had three major parts of characters break. But NECA, it's more like I get accessories break. or uh, I have broken a couple accessories, yeah. Yeah, my movie Leonardo, his katana blade broke coming out of the package. Or I think I think it was actually all that one. No, that one broke coming out of the package. My mutagen man's like elbow thing I think was broken already in the package. Like that little like thing he has to oh, really? off the elbow was just snapped off. Um, I, like I said, I had the rock soldier like his knuckle broke off just from falling over. Like it just like psh, just skid right off of his on his arm. <laughs> I know I've had a few other like accessories. Oh my uh my bride of Frankenstein uh april her microphone thing broke for the most part i don't have that many issues again you know knock on wood i'm you know i might get you know mona lisa and take her out of the package and her whole leg comes off or something but <laughs> i haven't had that problem so far so um very fortunate i have to say real quick uh thank you very much because we, we 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 agreed we were gonna like spot each other during holothon if we saw something the other person needed we're gonna pick it up send it to them you know the other person sends the money and you were kind enough to get the accessory pack and the Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage two pack for me. So I can't wait to get those. It's going to be awesome. So. Yeah. So hopefully I should be able to get those shipped out this weekend. Yeah. Again, I don't know if this is a good time to roll into this, but I hit my target on the day. Everything that everything went out and I got first dibs and man, you that was such so a good lucky. feeling. Like I, I, I just came and explained to you. And when it happened, I'm just like, so many other people are going to show up right now. And again, I'm kind of going all over the place right here, but. I know you're not on Facebook, but did you happen to see that video of those two guys getting in a fight at a Target over Turtles figures? Oh, no, I didn't. So I haven't watched it because I just can't watch stuff like that. Like, I, I just, I'm at the point in my life where I can't watch cringe things anymore, and I just know yeah. how it's going to be. But, yeah, this is causing some craziness, and it is just, we knew this is what is what we were going to be in for. We saw it coming from a mile away, and there is a little bit, of some good news on the horizon. It looks like they are restocking and stuff like that, but I can't think of a line other than GI Joe classified. That's, I mean, and this has gone on even longer that just we're getting into the deep cuts and people are still rabid for this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think this is my favorite line. I think there's a lot of people's favorite lines. I think most people would agree, definitely for Turtles, this is the biggest line. Like, no, bar none, like, no comparison. Yeah, the, we're getting into, like, F-list characters. Because, you know, I already said who the A-list characters are. Then you have, like, you know, the B-list B characters, like Baxter, Leatherhead, Rat King. Then you got your C-list characters who are maybe, like, you know, Usagi, Mondo Gecko, Ray Filet. Then you got your D-list ones who are, like, your ground shucks, your dirt bags. Uh, I say like maybe Mona Lisa is like a D list. She probably she would probably go into the D list one. Uh, maybe Lotus also, but actually probably Rex one too. But after that, it's like you're getting into E list and F list characters. Like the, the thugs are F list characters. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Those are like they appear mutated in one shot in the original show. Like I know they were in the Archie comics, but they they appear in one shot in the animated show. Like, most people do not know th those characters even exist. And so the thing that I didn't even think about, like people are doubling up on those packs too, yeah. because they come with the completely separate body sculpt. So you can have the mutated version and the human version. So they're F list characters that are selling doubles to a lot of people, which again is just, 
that just shows you like i don't know what it is about turtles like and again rex is a perfect example mona lisa is a perfect example and i've said this before like they were only in one episode but because they were episodes that i had on vhs and i saw so much like they seem like they're such a bigger deal to me than they are like it's weird that it is this far down the line that we are getting these characters but i mean for if somebody didn't have that nostalgia that i have they would be f-list characters you know what i mean like yeah i think mona lisa gets a little more because she had an action figure back in the day yep. it came later but she did have an action figure and then now it's like you know they've brought her back in a lot of versions of turtles where like rex one has never come back so i think mona lisa is more recognizable for that sake. But I think Rex one's a little more recognizable because if you watch the 87 cartoon, you may not have been watching anymore when Mona Lisa showed up and you saw that Rex one episode. So I think they're both kind of in the same tier because while Mona Lisa got more material, Rex one was, you know, a more widely watched episode of the show. So yeah, I would say both those ones are do this, but it is crazy. Yeah. They're in like one episode and I'm still mad. You know, I learned when I grew up that there were plans to bring Mona Lisa back in future episodes. And then they scrapped all those seasons into the Red Sky seasons instead because they were like, oh, Turtles isn't popular anymore. We need to change this up. And I'm like, no, you were going to bring her back and then you just scrapped it all. <laughs> I'm going to be getting that figure. And, you know, I've been talking about that figure a lot since my YouTube channel went up. That's She's been like my most wanted figure after we got like Leatherhead. I was like, oh, oh. once I saw Granitor, I was like, okay, we're getting everybody. If we're getting Granitor, we're getting everybody in this line. So I was just like, when, when's Mona Lisa? When's Mona Lisa? And I will say the Mona Lisa fan base is pretty rabid. Like we're small, but we're there's a lot. Like we're passionate, I guess. <laughs> it's like if the 2012 show was out, every time those dudes had a panel at a con, there was always people asking, when's Mona Lisa coming? When's Mona Lisa? And then they did this big reveal for Mona Lisa. I remember watching it on a video, like when it was happening, I'm just like, they show it. It takes everyone a little while. Then everyone starts cheering because then they had the same thing I was. I'm like, who the hell is that? And then like, once we think about it, like, oh, I guess that's Mona Lisa. So, uh, but yeah, like even when the NECA toys came out, like a lot of people were saying like, when's Mona Lisa? When's Mona Lisa? Uh, when Even when Treader's Revenge came out, like the, the, like later that week, I saw like fan sprites of a, a fake, fake leaked fan sprite of <laughs> playable Mona Lisa. So it's like, she is a big character, despite being in one episode. I mean, Wingnut and Screwloose were in one episode. They were in the Archie comics, but, you know, they were in one episode also and stuff. So she definitely has a legacy. Uh, a lot of us remember her. I think a lot of them, like me, probably had crushes on her when they were kids. Like, But, yeah, she's just been a big character for, I think, a lot of people, even though she's not as generally popular as something like Mondo Gecko or, you know, uh, I can't say Ray Flay because he's not in this line, but <laughs> I kept saying for a while that the, the, the figure looked bad. I'm like, I'm kind of bummed about the Mona Lisa figure, but uh, shout out to a, a channel I found recently called uh, gnarly Wolfman 88. And <laughs> they do like a ton of turtles toys. They've done all the, the holophon toys. And, you know, they talk about like just action figures and they talk about, like movies they do some horror movies and they actually liked the uh the rob zombie monsters movie like i did <laughs> so i just been like wa like watching all all their videos uh recently and they do like fun stuff where they, they'll just play with the toys like on the, the in the video during the review they'll cut to like them playing with the toys and voicing them all and stuff and doing jokes but yeah the way they shot the mona lisa one like up close they got really good shots good lighting i'm like actually this figure looks really good so now I'm actually really hyped for the Mona Lisa figure because after watching that video, I'm like, 
this looks actually pretty darn good. I still think the arms could have been a little thicker. Like the, the midsection could have been a little bigger. Like she's kind of bobblehead-y. She looks pretty good, actually. I'd say the expressions when you see them up close actually look pretty darn good. When I first saw the expression in the screenshot, I was like, she looks like a fraggle, like from like Fraggle Rock or something. <laughs> but seeing her up close, she actually looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, she looked like Rayman from like the first PlayStation Rayman or something. But yeah, she she looks good though uh, up close. So now, now I'm actually really hyped to get this. And even though I have no nostalgic connection to Dirk Savage, that figure looks really cool. So I'm pretty yeah, that's a really it. cool set. That was the hardest one because again, I I'm having to pick this stuff apart like i just i, I did not have the 500 dollars to drop it once right now so the first <laughs> things that i got were the accessory set um black and white usagi i got the rhino man in um mighty hog. hog and then i got the um lotus in chaka or hot chaka or can i ever say his damn chakahachi is that it Hakamagachi. yeah anyway um, <laughs> I got that one when it You're went right. up online the next week, but the again, then I have your set with Mona Lisa, and yes, both those figures look great. Like, awesome. it is her her body is just a little bit teeny, but other than that, I mean, like you said, her her facial expressions look very very good. I'm very excited to get that set as well. And I, I there's a couple reasons why I feel like she's such a like, I mean, like I said, low key popular character for one there's not a lot of not annoying females on the turtles you know what i mean like you can irma is like oh, i mean everybody great. loves irma you know what i mean but like you know she's not like i don't know she's not fun she's not kick-ass april yeah. is kind of fun and i mean she has her moments and stuff like that but mona lisa i mean she just shows up and she's fucking as rad as raf is you know what i yeah. mean so i feel like that's kind of what her edge was is like there wasn't anything annoying about her. Like she was just cool. And also yeah. going on what you said. Yeah. I definitely had a crush on her when I was a kid too. You know what I mean? When I think of that show again, I think of Zach and I think of his freaking sister, Caitlin, you know what I mean? Like they just had so many annoying characters on that show yeah. that when you get one, that's not annoying at all. Like, I think that's what like really makes them stand out. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about that. Most of the other female characters are kind of like, whiny and annoying to a certain yep. degree like i i love irma but as a little kid i hated her i yeah, hated so her I. now i find her stick hilarious honestly. yeah especially like how thirsty she is how she's like coming that, yeah, exactly and stuff <laughs> i like that stuff just whoop just went over my head as a kid right but yeah like mona lisa i mean the episode's literally called Raphael meets his match like she's just as snarky with the comebacks she's just as badass right. and stuff and she was just a really fun like you know cute character she was cute and snarky and badass and it, it makes sense why she was you know a crush for a lot of us and i mean the 90s like they made a lot of furries in the 90s animators like they were just making so many animal characters <laughs> that people were attracted to there was like i know even like the late 80s there was like gadget from rescue rangers and like lola bunny and all that like there was animators were like like furries were not being supervised in uh <laughs> animation and, like that. and uh you know there was a lot of characters back then that was like okay yeah that's i, I think even the, the people who would be ashamed to acknowledge that they like an inhuman character would be like okay that character's hot <laughs> like, like lola buddy everyone was like okay okay yeah i'll give you that but 
Well, I mean, um, it's just cartoon stuff in general. Like, I mean, I, I told you the one time about freaking Beetlejuice. Like, I was, thought Lydia was super hot. Like, I think that's what, like, made me attracted to goth chicks was her and stuff like that. It was just, it was cartoon characters in general. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you're a kid, like, I just, I don't know. It's just the way your mind works. Yeah. I mean, a cartoon is like you take physically pleasing traits and focus exactly on those traits and exaggerate them or something. So it's like, it kind of does just, you know amplify what you would like about a certain character's design i guess and i don't remember where i was really getting with mona lisa <laughs> I, don't know, I think you just really like talking about mona lisa man i just i just <laughs> find it really 60 minutes just talking on mona lisa <laughs> yeah i just find excuses to talk about mona lisa i guess but i guess this is this this will bring us into with all the holothon stuff this will bring us into a discussion about the main thing I don't like about the Nekatoon line, and that is the distribution of the Nekatoon line. For one, the whole line is exclusively at Target. I hate Target. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about you. I just don't like Target. Like I end up going there so much now because of Turtles. But uh, I'm not a big Target guy. I feel like anything you could find at Target, you can find cheaper at Walmart. And uh, you know, I still like to support mom and pop places and stuff. Like I don't like to just go to Target for everything. Like yeah, I know it's. It's cheaper to get your groceries at Target, but they're also really crappy groceries. But uh, so, yeah, you know, like I, I don't like going to Target that often, especially when it's always just disappointing. And Holothon has just really driven that home. Like there's been days where recently, because the past two weeks, there's like, I think, six different Targets that I've been checking regularly some more than others, but like each of those I've, I've checked like three or four times each in like the past two weeks. Like I'm, I have a problem. And at some point it just hits you and you're just, you're doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it. Every time you're just getting disappointed and disappointed. Even when I go there, I'm like, they're not going to be there. I know they're not going to be there. What am I doing? You still get disappointed when they're not there. And at some point, you just feel like, like, like curse you NECA. Like you just like, you just like, I, you just start saying like, fuck this line. I'm not collecting this line anymore. These are fucking toys. I don't care about toys and all this. And you just like, like, you just get pissed in the moment. And then it's, but then it's like, you know, by the time I go home, I'm like, man, I really want those toys. But, <laughs> but it, even when they went up for sale on the, on the website, it was while I was sleeping, like in between shifts at work. Cause you know, I work like 16 hour overnight shifts sometimes in the week and stuff. So when I go home, I'm, I'm out. So I was out and it was like on a Friday and by the time I woke up, everything was sold out. So it's like, it's just, it just bugs me that they make it so hard to get these figures that this has been again, like their most popular line of anything they make for the past like three years yet. You know, we were talking about this before we started the video. I love Alf. I bought the Alf NECA ultimate figure like three weeks ago. It's fantastic. It's a great figure. But holy crap, like people do not collect ALF that much. They they have overstocked targets with these ALF figures yeah. for uh, Holothon. ALF and E.T. And E.T. is huge, but like these figures are not moving. There's just a ton of them. But these Turtles figures, like, with, like the first five minutes they go up, they're gone. It just makes me think like, why not just stock more of them? Why not just produce double what you're going to produce originally? Because it will sell. We've seen that it will sell. And when they just make a few of them and people rush out and buy them for retail price, then flip them on eBay for like $300, NECA doesn't see a penny of that. So NECA's not really doing themselves any good by by under, you know, stocking these, underdeveloping these. So, you know, I've been looking around on eBay just in case, you know, 
I don't catch the restocks. And the cheapest you can get a lot of these two packs on eBay right now are like 85 bucks. So like that's just going to keep going up that price. And some of them people are charging insane prices. Like, oh, you can get three of the two packs out right now for only $370. Like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself, dude. But uh, I just wish they would stock this stuff better. And Holophon as a whole, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to call out NECA. This is not like a challenge. I'm not like, like you know, I'm going to kick your ass. No, no. I love your product. <laughs> I love NECA's product. But Holophon is a dick move. I'm sorry. That's just a, a dick move right there. And like, this is like a year's worth of product being put out, not even in the same month, on the same day, the exact same day, an entire year's worth of a line is coming out at once. And to me, that's just inconsiderate towards your fan base. Like you're just not, you know, thinking about the fact that we have to buy all of this stuff and uh, that we're not going to be able to find most of this stuff. And it just seems like they have, you know, they, they put out a commercial last holothon that kind of said a little bit about what they think of their fan base. They're like, Oh, you're just living in your mom's basement. You don't have a job. You're just, <laughs> you know, just some loser who just has disposable income that they can spend on toys. It's like, no, your, your main audience for this toy line are like 30 year olds, 40 year olds, like people in their thirties and forties who, you know, we work a full-time job. We're paying for our own place. Like we just, we're passionate about this stuff. So we, we, we try to put aside enough money to be able to collect this stuff. And it, they don't put it out in like an older collector friendly manner. They put it out like they're dropping a $10 wave of toys for kids. And I, I don't think that's fair. Cause again, like I might not get anything other than the ones that you bought, like from this whole thing, I might have to get them all on the aftermarket. Cause if the restocks go as, as fast as the, the first stocks, then I'm not going to get any of these. I still haven't gotten Toka and Razar from last year. I'm, I'm just worried that like, I'm never going to get a chance to get, you know, Lotus and Chakahachi. I'm never going to get a chance to get mighty hog and Rhino man. Like I, I might never get a chance to get those in store from NECA themselves. So I, I really wish they just, you know, spaced it out maybe two a month. Like, you know, maybe put out the Chakahachi and Lotus two-pack and the Usagi this month. Then next month, put out Zog and like uh, the Mona Lisa and Dirk Savage. Then Rhino Man and, and Mighty Hog with, uh, you know, the Red Ronin or something. And just do it like that. Or maybe with Rex 1. Do it like that and just kind of like, you know, space it out so that people can like in a normal healthy practical way just collect the line a little bit each month but no neck is just like nothing 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 boom everything and i i really hate that strategy like it's just i've been bummed out so many times in the past couple of weeks i'm probably coming off really negative but uh it's just it's it's because i love this line so much and i want these figures so bad but it just feels like NECA doesn't want my money. Like NECA doesn't want to give me these figures and get money from me. So I'm going to have to end up buying them on the aftermarket or something. Probably. I, I don't want to come off sounding like a shill at all here, but <laughs> from NECA's end, I'm sure they're at the point now too, where they're probably almost shocked at how hype this line still is getting into all these low tier characters. You know what I mean? To where yeah, like they're seeing what, because clearly there is a saturation limit and super seven has found that, you know what I mean? Where super oh, yeah. seven figures are about 50% on the aftermarket of what you buy them for originally, essentially, you know what I mean? So I'm coming from a business standpoint, they're being a lot 
more intelligent about it, I feel like, than Super 7 is because there is no NECA figures that really sell for under retail. You know what I mean? Like, they have not cheapened their brand at all. And the thing that I just keep harping on is you just have to be patient with this line because eventually they're going to put more out. Like, NECA, they don't want to miss out on money. Like you said, if something is selling for twice as much on the third party market that doesn't do anything for them you know what i mean they don't see any of that profit so why wouldn't they want to put more of them out and i feel like they're just always in a situation where they don't want to get burned and even just like this holothon stuff like look how much stuff is going out and look how fast it's going you know what i mean like at the end of the day it was an entire shelf packed with NECA stuff gone in days and yeah I'm lucky enough to where I live in, like like I said, I live in a bubble where my target, if I go there regularly, I can pretty much end up getting whatever I want. Like nobody in the area is definitely as dedicated to the hunt as I am. So I am lucky in that aspect where I don't live in a metropolitan area. I mean, I would have to drive, it would take me an entire day to get to six different targets. You know what I mean? Like that, that would yeah. be a day for me. From a consumer standpoint, yes, it's terrible. Like, I mean, the spacing it out like that's this just the thing that is inexcusable we don't need to do these events like they're so unnecessary like they do nothing like just space out the product because again like i want to buy all the stuff but i just cannot afford to buy 500 dollars worth of figures yeah. in one week like that's my month plus budget probably i don't ever actually pay attention to what i spend but i mean I would assume $500 in a month would be an extremely expensive month for me if I was in that case, like a super seven wave month. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I don't know, like it just, it does suck, but I know like, and again, like the token Razar hasn't been put back up, but they pretty much have came around on every set other than the Casey and foot soldier. And then the April and foot soldier, everything else, has been re-released at one point or another. And have they uh for Super Bebop and Mighty Rocksteady? Super Bebop and Mighty The Robots. No, they haven't yet. But again, that's still, I mean, at this point, that wasn't even a year ago because I think Holothon was a little bit later in the year last I year. Think, I think it was like maybe late March or something like that. I think into so, April. Yeah. So I mean, it hasn't even been an entire year. And that's the other thing that's been a lot different about this Holothon is the last one was a pretty good mix of old figures in with the new figures. And this one was just all new figures. Like you said, yeah. I mean, I bet this was quarter one and quarter two's figures pretty much. Like it was pretty much everything other than the only thing that hasn't been shown that was shown at Comic-Cons was the um really beefed up uh, Genghis. The Napoleon, yeah. Or Napoleon, yeah. That figure um, hasn't been shown. And then yeah. the two like space Usagi and the space Donatello, like other than that, everything pretty much got put out at this holothon. Yeah, basically I think, yeah. And then like from the Archie Dreadmon didn't come out, but aside from that, like some of the comics oh, no, Dreadmon has been out in the, he came out week two. So he's been showing up places. He was gone <laughs> at my store today. I saw all the plushies and the other crap that's out right now, but yeah. I could see the area where he was sitting and it was wiped out. Oh man, so never mind. I stand corrected. They are blowing their load on everything. Uh yeah, just that's just my problem, really. It's just like I know business is business. I don't understand business, but I just I can't justify their, their release schedules with this Holothon stuff. Because Holothon last year was bad. Holothon left me wounded. And uh and even then I didn't get everything. Well, because last year it wasn't even just Holothon, it was also NECA 
continuously dropping very expensive things on their site as well, like yeah. the the Secret of the Use four pack, the party wagon, and I think there's some other things that were they released the mousers to kick things off with, and you could only get yeah. them on their site. So it was Holothon on top of what they were doing, which it, this kind of seems to be the pattern where they just hit really hard, like right on the border of Q1 and Q2, and then they kind of go silent and then we'll get another big hit. So I, I, I don't know why they do it like that to where they could, like they could have got all these figures. Now they could have spread this out till summer. And then summer started with the new stuff. It is it. Like you said, I, that's the one thing I just, I can't even justify from a business standpoint is just dropping it all at once. But other than the fact that it is all selling, you know what I mean? Like, so is it the quick buck? Is it making up numbers in a certain quarter? Like, I, I don't know, but, yeah, yeah, it's very odd that they only typically have like two drops a year, essentially. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, like I said, like they're doing something right. There must be some statistic that shows that they will sell better if they, they release them like this. But for me personally, I don't know, maybe I'm just a minority. I would rather buy them over the course of a year. Because uh, it also makes it more exciting. I think there's more to look forward to where like you're gradually, like, you go to a Target one day and then suddenly like, oh, what, holy crap, look at this. Like Lotus is here. Like, I guess she came out. Instead of just like there's this one date where you just have to go out there and just go go nuts. Like you just have to it's like Black Friday and you know stories. Like you were saying people getting in fights over turtle toys and stuff. And I don't know, it's just hard for me to defend that. I don't know what else to I say. I mean, there's no <laughs> point to defend it. Like you said, like again, yeah. I was more so playing devil's advocate to where it's like, okay, as because I mean, let's be real. I mean, they're a business, they're a corporation, like they have guys that do these things on YouTube channels, like they're out in the public, but at the end of the day, like they're there to make money. You know what I mean? They're not our friends. Like they're not. And like, it's not good to look at any, even like, I mean, if it's a super small company and it's like one guy running the show, like I can understand that. Like, but at the end of the day, like you can't trust anybody that's trying to make money off their stuff you know what i mean because like that's why you always there's that expression like it's not personal it's business like this is business even though like they're trying to act personal about it it's business like yeah and, and again that's why i don't like there's no company that i just like tout or super support like yes i love NECA, i love super seven but i'm very critical of both those brands i don't care if i ever got to the point where like i did interviews with those guys you know what i mean like i don't really give a shit honestly like yeah i just want the toys like that's all i want at the end of the day like i don't want to be best friends with randy falk i just want the toys he's putting out <laughs> yeah i think um another thing that bothers me about the release schedules they do a lot of these exclusives there's ones that like I think because you know basically showing that Bebop and Rocksteady's gang is selling as well as it did like there's there's no excuse why Scrag can't be a retail figure at this point there's no excuse why the human forms of Baxter Splinter Bebop and Rocksteady can't be a retail package because I still need those I don't have any of those figures uh, there's a collector store by me selling Scrag for hundred fourteen dollars. And I'm eyeing that because I'm like, I might, I might just have to go with that. You know, he's probably cheaper online, but um, they're selling the dark turtle for like 160 or something. Jesus. And like, I want that figure too, especially getting mighty hog and, and uh, rhino man. Like they didn't fight in the show, but it'd be cool to have like a, them fighting uh, yeah. dark turtle. Uh, but yeah, they just, they make it really hard to get some of these major, these major characters. And I don't know. 
Scrag's not a freaking major character. I'm not kidding. Who am I kidding? But you but know, now like, he is crucial. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like you said, and that's the one nice thing is because I only have one Scrag. I'm not going to buy both sets because I don't want to have one of the gangs missing a Scrag. So I'm only going to get one <laughs> set and I'm going to put my Scrag back to human form. And that's the way those guys are going to be. So that's yeah. kind of a nice caveat for me is that I will not be doubling up on those sets. But th- that is a thing that's kind of annoying because it's also with like the Mirage figures. Like I got the crab shredder, but if you didn't get that in the loot crates and you get the giant mutated shredder and the little baby one, like now you can't put that trio together unless you have it, which when they first started doing the exclusives, that's exactly what they said they were going to be is figures that you didn't need for your line, but would be cool. But now that we're getting into all these deep cuts, you do need these figures to complete yeah. your line. Like there's a hole if you don't have Scrag in that gang. There's a hole if you don't have that crab claw shredder. And like the Dark Turtle is a better example of I think what could be an exclusive because I mean, yeah, he was yeah. in an entire episode and stuff like that. But like, I mean, it's not like Scrag where you're trying to put together a subset. Yeah, although I mean, like you slap, then he's basically Batman. So you slap a Ninja Turtle with Batman, everyone's gonna fucking buy that. Oh, yeah. that, that would sell like hotcakes. That would sell better than anything in Holothon <laughs> right now. Uh, even though, even if people weren't familiar with the reference, they'd just be like, "Oh crap, a Ninja Turtle dressed as Batman, awesome!" Right. <laughs> just buy it. But the best example I think of what should be an exclusive is the Bunny Rabbit Bebop and Rocksteady. Yep, that's an. I don't need those. I don't give a crap that I don't have those figures. To be honest. But Scrag, I want, you know, I don't collect the, the video game line, but like Armagon is a, is a freaking essential figure. That's not an exclusive. Uh, Armagon should just be a retail figure. Yeah, it just seems like there's a lot that like, will those ever come out of the fall? You know, we're talking about like, is Casey going to come back? Like, what about the exclusives? Are the exclusives ever going to come out of the neck of all? Because um, there's a lot in that vault. There's actually, I don't know if you saw the interview. There was an interview I saw uh, with NECA they they exposed that there was an there's an unreleased figure in this line that they actually fully sculpted and she's never been released tiffany burns girlfriend at the beginning of season oh. two is a full like they fully made the 3d sculpt for her and you can see like demo pictures of her online and stuff and like how she would look with the paint and i have to say honestly she looks really good like for a character i don't care about really at all she looks really good. She actually might be like one of the best female figures in the line if they had released her. And you can see the, the 3D sculpt of her in the picture frame that came with the Channel 6 one. That actually is a photo of the sculpt they made like in for the, the in the picture frame. But it's like, I don't give a crap about Tiffany. But once they showed me, we made Tiffany and then said, we don't really plan to ever release her. I was like, well, no, you got to give me that freaking Tiffany now. Like, you got to release that. Like, I need her now. Because, like, you show me, like, oh, yeah, we made this. But don't worry about that. You're not getting that. It's like, well, now I want it. Like, you can't just wave a toy in my face and then tell me I can't have it. Like, So it's, I wonder what other characters have they made that they just, have they sculpted that they've just never released? I wonder if, I mean, it happens in every toy line. But it was just funny that he showed that in the, the interview. And it's like, dude, you know your, your, your message box is going to be 
flooded after this interview of people just asking for that figure now. <laughs> so uh, maybe they'll release her now that they showed it off. But maybe that was even like a tactic, like he wanted to release it and he was told by a higher up they weren't going to. So now he like exposed it. So now they will release it. But do you like see like how good they are at playing the mind games too? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) something you didn't even want, but now that they showed it to you and you can't have it, you want it so bad. it, It is sick. It is not cool to do that to people, but fuck NECA is good at making us want to buy their shit you know what i mean like i don't know what it is man i don't know what it is about NECA. i don't know what it is about these tune figures but they're just giving us more than what we ever thought we could have wanted yeah i mean a lot of us just spent like what 50 or 60 dollars on a box that comes with a framed picture of cheese like they're 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 giving us ridiculous stuff now but it's like oh it's part of this line i gotta get it now so it's like we're just going after everything and I, I mean, I guess the expression, like they're holding our childhood ransom, like they're like, they know, like you grew up with this show. You love everything about this show. You're going to buy anything from this show. And they're right. A lot of us will. Uh, I wish I didn't care as much. I wish I would just be like, you know what? I don't have a connection to that character. I'm going to skip that character, but I, I want them all. So yeah, NECA is really good at doing that. Whereas like, they are definitely better at doing that than super seven. Like that alt of shredder in wave eight of super seven i am not getting that figure like i I don't feel bad at all skipping that figure no but i I can't skip like that much in in neck i mean i guess i I skipped some i didn't get the glow in the dark muck man i didn't get the black and white usagi actually he's one of the only ones i did see in stores i saw one of him i've seen the red room you saw me didn't get him no i didn't get him i don't i I don't usually do alts like paint variants oh man Um, dude like that figure he's just so damn cool though man like yeah, he oh. looks cool, but I don't know. I, I, I don't guess you don't love Usagi like I love Usagi. Yeah. Though, so yeah, like I just see that figure differently. Like that was like, again, the thing that I'm like, that and the accessory pack are like, please be there. So yeah. um, the accessory pack, I'm really glad you were able to get from me because that's like, I think that's going to be impossible to find down the road. But they already said they're going to, I think, re-release it or do an, oh, I don't okay. know if they're going to do an open pre-order. Yes, it had the baby turtles and stuff like that in there, but typically their accessory packs have not been moving well, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, that's just another example of, like, how fucking powerful this turtles line is. And yeah, so something that I'm going to give you, like, a hypothetical. And again, I know there's some people that are going to argue this. I think they're jumping the shark moment is when they get into the red sky stuff. And that's where I'm going to be able to take an easy pass, honestly. Like, that's where the line will become passable for me. Like, I know even if I see it, I have no attachment to the red sky series, like the red sky seasons. Like, it, it does nothing for me. And I think, I know there's people that want it, but I think a lot of people will be like me in that aspect where they're like, okay, like, now I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean maybe i'd get lord drag probably not um because he even just pisses me off honestly it's like you're not shredder like be shredder dude like yeah i'm not gonna rush out to buy a carter action figure or something you're like <laughs> like nobody will no one cares and then they're gonna make mutated carter and then they're like that mutated I think, leonardo oh yeah that I, I think they that will be the death of the line i think you're right um i think, so I think that's their jumping the shark moment and I think I they're really to... avoiding it because there hasn't even been anything shown from that deep yet. Yeah. I will say that actually real, I, mean, I want to talk about what we're talking about right now, but real quick, I want to just add, they did put up a pre-order right before Holothon this year. They did the, the portal. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. Portal. Um, but yeah, they, uh, 
I do. Although it seems like this this set is uh, this series is going really strong. I do think the end is starting now. As pessimistic as that may sound, as like dreadful as that may sound, I do think that this is going to be the last biggest wave of figures for them because I think if they keep up with characters of this level of popularity, eventually, you know, going that long with no heavy hitters, you can only last so long before people just start trickling out and they stop caring. So I think like, you know, we got Usagi. He's like one of the biggest ones. You know, we got all the the major villains from the show, all the major characters from the show. A lot of people's most wanted figures have happened already. This is the first batch of figures where, aside from my weird ass, I don't think anyone else like had a most wanted character in this wave. Like I'm, I'm only like for me, but like I think most other people, like nobody in this wave is like one of their top picks for characters they want. So I think if they just keep putting out characters of this caliber, these kind of like, you know, leftovers, if you will, <laughs> I think it, it, that's only going to be able to carry them for so long before they have to do something. I don't know. Or just call it quits. Because I think and by the time we get to the red dude guy, they're done. Uh, well, like, I still I think Ray. That's where the rehashing comes into play. And it's like, all right, we got new Shredder. All right, we got new Bebop yeah. and Rocksteady. And I mean, but traditionally when toy lines do that, they start to die. Even the vintage playmates line, they started doing, here's like the tune version. Here's a repaint of shredder. Look more like the tune version. And that's when the, the line died is when they just started doing that. They remade April for the 400th time. And they just started doing all bebop and Rocksteady in April variants and stuff. And that's when they really lost everybody. And I kind of feel like we're just on the cusp of entering that phase for the NECA line. Uh, we might not be, I'd love to be proven wrong. I still really want Ray. He's still a high one I want. You know, I want Ray. I want Mur, dude. That'd be a great two-pack. But once you get past them, there's very few characters left that I really care that much about. Tempestra would be cool. Yep, Tempestra. Oh, uh, Bugman is another one that Bugman's coming to yeah. come out in this one that they showed off. Yeah, so I could see Bugman and Tempestra would be like an almost perfect two-pack, you know what yeah. I mean? Because they were both from those VHSs with the yeah, exactly. Leonardo <laughs> lightens up and uh, Michelangelo meets Bugman yeah okay and again man like you, you, they still have all the gangster characters like yeah. i don't know man i just <laughs> i i think this line is i don't know i think it's still got some freaking miles on it honestly like I, I i could see this one going i don't know i i don't see an end in sight and again with how rabid people still are for these <laughs> f tier characters like yeah. i just i see this going for I, I don't see an end of this line until they get to the red sky. And then, like I said, I think at that point, that's going to be their jumping the shark moment. But I see it as like, it's going to gradually fizzle down and then red sky will be the absolute death. I can't imagine people getting excited for what was his name? Like Gog or whatever, like the little Pee Wee Herman alien and stuff like, yeah, again, all the stupid ass aliens, man. Like there's the ones with six arms and stuff like that. The that's Pee-wee the thing Herman though. Is, I think people are putting up with this now because they're still off the high of getting you know usagi ojimbo and getting ground chuck and dirtbag and, and Met, uh chrome dome and stuff but once you start to get nothing but those like f-tier characters i i see the demand fizzling out over the time over time i i do think to a certain degree that is why they put all these out at once and turn into this huge like like first come first serve you must go out and get these now kind of event because i think even they know some of these characters would just rot on shelves if if they were released regularly like i think like they know like 
nobody is dying to buy a Jersey red action figure normally. Right. <laughs> like she's part of this big wave, but um, if they just released her randomly, like, Oh, grunt and Jersey red came out in May randomly. Like they'd probably be just like shell formers at, at that point. Like by the end of the summer, you'd find them everywhere. I think that was kind of happening even with like the neutrinos and uh, the rock soldier and the crooked Ninja turtle gang. When those came to retail, they just sat on shelves by me. And I think they were already feeling like the burnout there. And so now they turned into a big event. Cause they're like, we don't want that happening with these figures who are even less known. Uh, or I could just be being incredibly pessimistic and the line could just be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm just being an asshole, but uh, that's how I see it going. So the reason I feel like those sets sat is because they did an open pre-order on their website for them. So again, I'm yeah. the kind of person that's going to take them up on that every time, because if I don't have to fucking hunt for them, I'm not gonna. So I feel like yeah. that's where the difference, because again, if they would have did that for, holophon it would be a totally different story if they just did open pre-orders like that's the game changer like and that's just what drives me nuts is they have that ability to offer it so i don't understand why they can do certain things on their site sometimes but other times like they're just giving it all to target like and, and again yeah. i don't fucking know anything about business i don't know what like, what their <laughs> deal is with them but that's what's weird about it is like does target just decide okay we're only buying this so much and then you can sell as much as you want after that like i just i don't know it's just a very weird model of sales it is i think the number one problem with the distribution to me just comes down and the rarity just comes down to the fact that they have the target deal the exclusive deal i think if if they were also sold in, in walmart and like little toy stores and malls and stuff i think I'd probably have no problem getting a lot of the characters that have been hard to find. It's just yeah. the fact that Target has that monopoly on the, on the, the line. And uh, yeah, that's all it really comes down to. I, I absolutely love the NECA tune line. It is still my favorite line I'm collecting, but I just have issues with how it's distributed. And I it just, it's getting to the point where the hunt isn't fun anymore. The hunt is actually aggravating and it's costing yeah. me a lot of time and money and gas. So uh, well, it's just, especially if you just do it so much with no reward, that's really yeah. what it is. You know what I mean? Cause eventually like, that's how the hunt goes. Like you feel shitty, you feel shitty, you feel shitty. And then you hit your fucking jackpot. Like yeah. that's what happened to me last week. You know what I mean? And <laughs> that's why it's so easy for me to stay a little bit more optimistic. I find the figures. And if I wasn't finding the figures, I feel like it would be a lot different for me. Cause again, like, I don't want to like brag or anything, but like other than the original, darker colored screen accurate i'm missing three of those original sets and then i'm missing all the comic-con exclusives but other than the few sets from holothon right now like i do have the entire tune line and i understand that like again if you live in a metropolitan area it's going to be damn near impossible for you to get these figures if there's hundreds of people going after them and you have six targets like you said around you it's, it's just not going to be doable so i can understand why there's so many different like i don't know i guess just feelings toward this line and why so many more so many people get resentful for towards it because again at the end of the day are, they are toys but we want them like we we want these very badly and i mean it shouldn't be frustrating it shouldn't be difficult it should be fun but like the world just isn't perfect yeah. it kind of sucks i mean it does suck but i don't know like i just i feel bad for people that don't have it as easy as me but like i said i can't act like I have it. I've had it as hard as other people when it comes to collecting these figures. Yeah. I mean, New Jersey is like 
there's so many people crammed in here. There might be people, people living in my basement. I don't even realize. <laughs> Everyone's just stacked on top of each other here. Like, yeah, like I said, like, these aren't close, these targets. You know, I'm driving far. I'm driving like, you know, 20, 30 minutes to get to a lot of these targets, 40 minutes, and I was get these targets. They're just, they're all just cleaned out. I see the shelves with the little labels on telling me each figure I don't have. Yeah, it's, again, like, I still love the, the line. I'm, I'm not going to, like, I'm not calling it quits. I'm not, like, dumping on NECA here. They, they got to do what they got to do, and I love their product, and I'm going to keep buying it. But I just, it, like, it, it does bum you out after a while when, like, you know, it, it's, the, the hunt, the toy hunting is basically just, like, a video game. Like, when, as you, if you keep playing a video game, say, like, the first seven levels suck. They're just boring and long and slow and they're not fun. But then level eight is fucking awesome. It's a ton of fun. You're never even going to make it to level eight because by level five, you're going to be like, ah, fuck this game and turn it off. Like you, you need some stimulation along the way to get you excited, to make you care about that end goal. And if, and if you don't keep getting little goodies along the way to get you to care about the end goal, then like you just give up on the end goal. And I don't want that to happen with this toy line. I want to keep collecting this toy line. So uh, yeah, I have a lot of frustrations with it, but at the end of the day, I love it. It's been great. It's been a great toy line. I hope it continues for a long time. I hope I'm wrong and I'll keep supporting it. I'll keep buying these figures, but yeah, it's going to be hard. I mean, even like with the Mona Lisa, I originally intended to get two Mona Lisa's because I wanted to use both head sculpts, like display them separately, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So she's uh, the pack that's going up this Friday at 9 a.m. Oh, okay. So that's how I'm going to hopefully score mine. So, yeah. Yeah. I That's probably going to happen when I'm sleeping. I, I work like a 16 hour until like 8 a.m. And then I go home on Friday. So by the time I get home, I'm, I'm a freaking zombie. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Because then it's like, so do I buy another Mona Lisa now because I, because she's available? Or do I save my money to get the ones I won't have? Because like I, I'm guaranteed to be getting Mona Lisa thanks to you. So it's like, I think I should rather just save my money in case, you know, like Rhino Man shows up on the shelves or something. So it, it's like, you can't really buy what you want. You got to buy what you can, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So um, it's a really bad, I, honestly, I should have just asked you to buy like everything for me that day. <laughs> I don't even think I could have afforded to buy everything. So. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like $600. Um, and you're, yeah, you're getting the black and white Usagi also. So I was like, yeah, like that's so much money. Great line. It's just kind of a pain in the ass to collect. It's not the easiest line to collect. But I mean, all modern toy lines are kind of like that. So it's still a great line. It's the best thing to happen to Ninja Turtles in the toy world, probably in the past 20 years, I would say. Maybe even longer. I mean, I definitely think so. Because like you said, like the best line to compare it to right now is Motu or Motu Classics for sure. And yeah. that again every time i've ever watched like a pixel dan video where he has every single one it's like, man like i barely knew anything about motu the first time i ever watched that video but it's like i've never even seen or heard of some of these characters before like in any iteration and like it's just awesome that we're getting a line like that to where somebody that comes in that doesn't know it that well is like who the hell is that who the hell is that and to me like i don't know i just really like that like i like yeah. that we have this ultra deep line with ultra deep cuts and again what what what's a deep cut to some people might not be a deep cut to other people it is it is really kind of hard to define what really is a deep cut with this line because again like by definition rex should be a deep cut mona lisa should be a deep cut they were only in one episode but like they're to us they're huge characters and yeah like, like that's the one thing that i didn't really think about until we had this conversation is either is like 
you know, they saved Usagi for very late in the line, and that's something that everybody was really rabid for. And maybe they are running out of those bangers, you know what I mean? Because I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I really want a Tempestra. I want her really bad, but that doesn't mean everybody else does, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I hope I'm right. I hope it goes on forever and goes. I hope we get every stupid gangster, every stupid alien. And as long as, like I said, I probably won't get into the red sky, but anything else that was through seasons one through seven, I'm going to be all over it. I mean, theoretically, Lotus should be a really high tier character because she is what inspired Karai. Karai didn't exist in the Mirage comics until Lotus was in the cartoon. Right, and, then, and now she, I mean, she's a staple. Like, yeah. She's been in movies. She was in movies before Bebop and Rocksteady were ever in the day right? movies. So uh, she was in a movie all the way back in 2007. So she's been uh, a, a huge character in Turtles. And she came, if they, the, the cartoon had never made Lotus, they never would have made Karai. So yeah. Lotus Blossom's a huge deal. But yeah, it is cool though, because it's it's getting a lot of younger fans like into uh the, the vintage turtles there's times where i'm mad at target you know i'm gr- like grumbling to myself because i don't see anything i'm like these fucking people don't even know who these fucking characters are i've loved them since i was like th- like fucking three and stuff but like no in all honesty it is cool that they're getting into this like this classic line and i think like what we're going to talk about next time shredder's revenge did that too and after shredder's revenge came out a lot of much younger people who did not grow up with the 87 cartoon were suddenly interested in it and they were trying to find out who the characters were and they were going back and watching it. And now you can talk to like 18 year olds who know who Tempestra is and stuff. It's crazy. So like it it is cool that they're breathing new life into this franchise, into this product, like this version of the franchise, uh, like this late, like down the road when, you know, all the fans are in their thirties and forties of the original show, uh, the original fans. So I, I do like that. I love that it's doing so well. I love to see that it's doing so well. You know, if not for the success of a line like this, we probably wouldn't see Genghis Frog or Mondo Gecko in a, a major motion picture coming up. Like right. stuff like NECA really refueled the popularity of these characters. We probably wouldn't even have the Super 7 line if not for NECA's line. Like it just seems like, like NECA really just got people like, like tuned in on like the the classic 87 turtles again and it's really just making it into like a huge modern franchise all over again yeah it's awesome so yeah. actually since next time we are going to be talking about shredder's revenge we'll be back to video games i have to say just just a second ago i saw a message in a server i'm in on, on discord they just announced while announced while we were recording this in call of duty they're putting shredder in i saw a little trailer but they show off shredder and they're like a great evil is coming and then it just says the date of when he's coming and it's like i don't know how the hell that's gonna work but i don't know if it's gonna be like all turtle themed in in call of duty or if it's just i could see Fortnite, but call of duty sounds way out there yeah i mean i haven't played call of duty in quite some time (laughs) but Last time I remember, Call of Duty was all about like World War II and stuff, and every now and then you got some zombies. I know they went to space. That's the one where I, that's the one where I dropped out. I think was World War II because I played. I think Black Ops Three was the one before that. Was the last one that I really played much. Oh, I've never been a big shooter guy, so I never. The only memories I have of Call of Duty and Halo, for that matter, is just playing them at friends' houses for like a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, that's a weird pick. Maybe Call of Duty's trying to like rival uh fortnite like we're gonna get all the franchises fortnite right. didn't get or something but yeah that's just an interesting new story i guess i don't even know what the name of the call of duty game will be but shredder is gonna be in it i'm sure there's a lot more we could say about NECA, <laughs> but we're already going over our normal time span anyway which i thought we would this video so we gotta end it at some point so 
thanks to everyone for listening and good luck looking for all this holothon stuff all right oh yeah man all right take it easy take care man all right peace peace